The Rolling Mall podcast is in Sydney in a professional studio. I know, heights that we should never have hit. And with a special guest, Ewan, lifelong rugby tragic and sometimes player, except for his bad knees, ankles, shoulders. And we're just going to have a bit of a chat for 20 minutes about rugby. First up, we're going to start with the thoughts on Super Rugby. Welcome, Ewan. How you going, Benny? Oh, I'm good, mate. It uh, feels very weird to be in this professional studio when I hope the listeners enjoy it and the quality of audio. And we're just going to be a couple of uh, rugby tragics. Some would say that Ewan's wife's probably a bigger rugby tragic than him. I definitely would. We're just going to have a bit of a chat about rugby and get used to this studio before we uh, record the, this week's Rolling More episode. So Super Rugby this year, mate. Have you enjoyed it? Hated it? What? Oh, the times I've got to watch it, uh, it's been quite good. I mean, I've had that move to Canberra, so I've been able to go to the Brumby Stadium, which is quite nice, uh, GIO. So pretty much all my rugby has been live rugby this year. Um, but it's been good watching. I think the Kiwis might have it this year by the looks of things. But what do you reckon, Benny? Um, I think all five Super Rugby uh, franchises in Australia have improved. Um, yeah, the Force have done some really good work. They're undefeated at home. The Rebels have shown patches, especially in the first half. Uh, they've got some good signings down there, and they've obviously got uh, Tupo and a couple others coming in next year, so they could be really building. I don't think they'll be making the eight this weekend, but yeah, Brumbies are still the um, you know, the best in Australia. Probably a little bit of a wobble late, but their academy and their systems down there are so great. They player goes down, new player comes in, they play this similar structure, they know the calls, they seem in the right place at the right time. The Tars, after putting probably way too much eggs in the first round basket, have settled the ship and they're looking quite good. Obviously uh, lost to Crusaders on the weekend, but for that four in a row and a massive home game against Moana Pacifica to get some form going into the finals. And the Reds, well, they beat the Chiefs in New Zealand, so it's probably the biggest win by an Australian team this year. So I think Super Rugby as a whole for Australian fans has been better, not great, but it's been good. Obviously, Fiji and Drua have had some really good wins over in Fiji. A little bit shaky on the road, but that will come. Their fitness is looking better. Yeah, I listened to a few other rugby podcasts and their head coach has been on. They really struggle to train in the off-season because it's quite the wet season over there to learn sides inside training. So I think that's kind of showed. And unfortunately, Moana Pacifica are still winless and they just haven't quite cut the mustard yet. But there's signs there. And I think give it a couple more years, they'll be good. But yeah, Super Rugby, I think this format is probably the best we're going to get. The South Africans aren't going to come back. And I think the current amount of teams is... Maybe not exactly what we need, but it's what we're going to have from the rugby politics. How have you seen the overall part of the season, Ewan? Oh, no, it's been been quite good. I mean, the, from my point of view, the tipping's been quite hard because we've had a few big upsets, so you can't really rule anyone out, which I think is really good to see. And including those Pacific teams, I think it's a great thing, especially for them. So, so maybe if they're going to have a few more Pacific teams, that might you know make things a bit more spicy. Yeah, well, you know, people listen to other rugby podcasts and stuff. Well, sorry, I should say real rugby podcasts. Um, numbers of games always been a really big conjecture. Premiership rugby's playing nearly 30 games a year. They're only playing 12 or 13 here, you know, in Australia. Is that enough rugby? And I'm very interested to see what happens to the flying Fijians at the World Cup. You know, bulk of their squad are playing in the, for the draw. You know, a few European players to come back. Well, sorry, European-based players, but yeah, that that continuity of being playing high-level rugby week in, week out, that could be a bit of a dark horse. 
we have a bit of a discussion about the Rugby World Cup coming up, so that'd be quite interesting. So who is your tip the winner? Now we've got one last regular season round to go. Uh, looks like the Crusaders might be building at this stage, but you know it's hard to go past the Chiefs. You know they've had quite a good run, and injury wise, they don't really have that many uh, team players that I can see injured. So I think you know when you get down this end, it's you definitely have to take uh, the depth of the talent um, filling the injuries. Um, so. Probably going to have to go with the favourites for the Chiefs, mate. Yeah, I've got to say, um, I did tip the Brumbies early on and start the season. They've balled off a bit now. Alan Alatoura or seven A's injury is really going to hurt some of their depth, especially in their forward pack. It's going to make it very hard. Um, I probably have to give a big shout out to the Kiwi here. Um, yeah, lifelong Crusaders fan, and I think they've been building all season. They play their best rugby in June as a franchise and they've been there done before the defending champions you can just see week in week out that the grind's getting there they're getting into the straps finals are normally that you know knock them down drag them out kind of finals I think the Crusaders play that better I think the Chiefs want to see that more you know rag tag ball let it open let it fly if the Crusaders can put the clamps on them in the finals I think they'll have it but I think we have a great final series we're looking at the table here Chiefs Crusaders Blues and Brumby's unfortunately going to miss on a home semi. If they can get through their quarter, they could be a bit of a dark horse. No pun intended. Uh, and then the last session we're going to talk about Super Rugby is eight-team finals. Love it or hate it? I don't mind it, mate. I reckon um, the amount of teams it's got, um, it's a little bit, I don't want to say brutal, but you know, you could come first and get knocked out first round of final, but you know, I think that's how it is. Back when we were playing, it's sort of the teams that had a week off after, you know, coming first sort of lost a bit of steam and those um, who had to keep keep fighting to the end sort of uh, come through a fair bit of the time. So I think it's, you know, the way it stands is quite good. What about you, Vanny? Um, I think eight teams in the current format as we're trying to build the comp back up to what it was and, you know, really get the marketing out there has been great because we haven't seen any dead rubber games. You know, we're going into this final weekend where 11 teams can still make the finals. You know, so there's, there's, there's three teams outside the finals can make it right now. Well, that's really a promoter's dream. You know, especially when we start our season so early in February, people aren't really thinking rugby. I'm probably happy with eight teams, but I'd like to see the format change a little bit. I'm not a big fan of 1v8. You know, we could see a funny day where 8 just shows up and suddenly that first, you know, they've done all the hard work to come first. Their season's over with one bad game. But will it happen? I'm not sure. Will we stay with 8? I think we will. So I think we just, uh, yeah, we just enjoy it while we can. I think there's a pretty big possibility that the 8 could beat number 1 on the day. Like, it's been pretty wild throughout the season, so... Oh, certainly. I think if, uh, especially if Fijian and Drua come eighth, you know, they've got a way of knocking teams off. They'll be going Fiji to New Zealand, a bit short of a trip. You know, really good home, you know, really good support there. And, you know, just depending on the weather, you know, you get one of those, you get a nice New Zealand day. Yes, I know there's not many of those per year, but you get the right day in New Zealand, those Fijian and Drua, they'll give them a real crack. What else you got on the list here, mate? Bledisloe Rugby Championship. Yeah, let's talk about Bledisloe Rugby Championship. Going a shortened one this year because the Rugby World Cup year. First up, everyone's question on the lips: Do the Wallabies have a chance in the Bledisloe? It's a hard one, mate. I got new coach, 
new atmosphere. Got we got some talent there, but you know, can we bring it all together? I'm not sure, mate. Or you again? Uh look, the talent's there, but I think we said that for a long time. Continuity, uh, no. New coach, you know, bounce like we see in other sports, you know, the league and AFL and stuff. They normally do pretty well with a new coach, especially early up. And Eddie Jones did have some remarkable results of England early on. I think it would just come down to what New Zealand do, their end game. Is their end game 20, you know, the World Cup? Was their end game, are they going to put the same amount of eggs in the basket for the butter slow? Only a two-game series, so that's going to make it hard. Australia hosting the MCG, a ground actually where the Wallabies have a great track record and not many teams, I'm oh, sorry, not many games. But yeah, I think the fact that it's two games going to win both, I would say Kiwis quite um, clear favourites. But again, as a rugby fanatic and a you know, devoted Wallabies fan, I'm going to have faith, but yeah, I would say chances are quite slim. I think with, I think Eddie's looking at the World Cup uh, more than the Bledisloe. Yeah, well, New Zealand always sort of go really hard at everything and sort of run out of steam at the World Cup. So yeah, I think they will definitely have a crack at Bledisloe this year. But um, yeah... Have you seen the pools for the World Cup? Are they out yet? Yeah, we got some pools. I, you know, we got the uh, side of death, and Australia has the uh, again nearly the same pool they've always got. They got uh, Australia, Wales, Fiji, Georgia, and one other team. But uh, the key is um, on the other side of the draw. I believe you have England, Ireland, New Zealand and Scotland and someone else. So Australia has the really good draw. They've, that's going to help them a lot. I, you know, I think listening to other podcasts and people talk, if they get to the semi-final, it's kind of anything goes from there. So there's going to be a couple of big teams on the other side of the draw drop out of quarter-final stage. So that'll be quite interesting. Sticking to the rugby championship, what about our uh, other two clubs inside, sorry, other two countries inside of it? Argentina and South Africa. I don't know if we're going to talk about those. Well, um, South Africa's got two best players injured at the moment, don't they? Right in the lead up. Yeah, it's not good. They'll be uh, racing the clock to get back for the World Cup. Could a little bit of uh, youth or inexperience make a big difference here and, and really mean they can tinker before the World Cup? It does give them an opportunity to uh, try some new things out, doesn't it? In a safe sort of environment. Yeah, one of those results where the results aren't as important as compared to World Cup. Well, I think South Africa could give it a real shake, especially the championship. I wouldn't be surprised if Australia and New Zealand are looking long game and South Africa just, you know, sneak in, win their home games. And, yeah, um, it's, it just depends if a team can take game off New Zealand, especially at home. Someone can cause a bit of drama there. Argentina, they're just, you just don't know. You know, no Hargoegos in the Super Rugby. We don't really see a lot of them. They're a bit of a banana slip game, aren't they? Mm. Australia's always struggled with them, even at home. Like they, they, they haven't put them away compared to their position in the um, you know rugby world you know, standings. So I think for Australia, they have a really good championship and World Cup. They've really got to put those kind of teams away. Yeah, I know Argentina's always a bit of a... You never know what you're going to get with them. Sometimes they play fantastic and sometimes they're not very good. But yeah, yeah. I guess we'll see. Yeah, that's for sure. And that takes us to our last, you know, in this 20-minute chat of rugby, Rugby World Cup. We're in France in September. What do, what do we reckon about that? I'd love to be there, mate, but I don't think that's going to happen. So yeah. I yeah, I, I don't think I could uh, split away from my uh, eight-month-old son by then for that amount of time. But, yeah, 
I remember going in 2015 and it was amazing. But this could be a massive one. Um, you know, obviously France looking very good. Ireland maybe have peaked too early. They've got a history of that. Obviously England, you know, always dangerous. Uh, you know, it's not 2015 with all the home pressure this time. New Zealand, well, yeah. The, you still think New Zealand brings their best rugby. They win it quite comfortably, but they just don't seem to bring their best rugby at World Cups, do they? No, like, they're the, probably the best team at the World Cup, but they don't bring their best rugby. No. It's good to see they got France in their pool, so that'd be sort of a good indicator of how they're going. Seems to be uh, the team that always gives them the heebie-jeebies, so... Yeah, that's for sure. That's going to be a cracking pool match. There's um, not a lot of matches you're going to want to, want to miss in that one. Oh. And obviously Australia, you know, like 2015 World Cup, you know, runners up. They, they always do well in World Cup years. Do they have the team this year? Well, there's a few injuries. Might be a discussion off air about the front row injuries. You know, Talia Tupo, Alan Alatoa, Angus Bell. I'm a bit worried about the props. Is it a position you're worried about for the Wallabies, Ewan? Oh, <laughs> you know, the backs are always a little bit flimsy, so you know, the forwards always seem to give it a crack. We've got a lot of good talent coming through. The super rugby in the forwards, but yeah question marks on, you know, your centres and the playmakers and stuff. Oh, well. Interesting to see what they pick on the day. Yeah. Let's go quick fire. Position, position, position. I'll start with asking you, hooker. So I don't know, is the slipper still playing? <laughs> He's not a hooker. Okay, I'll go. Parecki, you go. You just go there. <laughs> All right. Okay, make it easy. 5-8. It doesn't make it any easier, mate. Oh, come on. There's only two options, isn't there? Is it Quaid or Leo Leo CO? No, it was Sorry, one Noah. Too. Oh, Carter Gordon or Bernard Foley? Oh, Foley won't play. Well, could Who's be... the nine going to be? It's got to be Nick, Nick White. Yeah, well, that's an easy. I should start with the nine, shouldn't I? Nick White. Nick White. Okay. And then who else? Because Tate didn't get picked, did he? No, oh, well, it's, yeah, it's still early days. But yeah, I think Nick White's incumbent who will be the second backup. Okay, fullback. Sure, there's a list, mate. Fullback. Fullback. You're going to bring Tom Banks back? Now he's on. Over a million dollars in Japan. You're going to waste one of your overseas spots on him? So I shouldn't say waste. Use one of your overseas spots on him? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, Jorgensen just got injured in the Super Rugby. Was he a bolter at 18 for the Wallabies? Oh. Come back to me in a second, mate. I'm looking. I'm looking. Ah, oh, come on. Let's speak into the mic here. Okay. I'll make it easy. If you could put one New Zealand player in the Wallabies, who would you put in? Okay, make it even easier. One forward, one back. One forward, one back. Dude, I don't like our forwards, mate. Oh no. I think Sam Whitelock's a nice, nice looking player. Yeah. I think what, what is what are we missing really? In the forwards. Uh I think got good tight five breakaways are sort of pretty flush, and maybe a big eight. Yeah, big eight. Like got Lange Gleeson, got Harry Wilson, got you know. Bobby V. Yeah, all your outside, all your loose forwards are pretty interchangeable in the, in the world. Yeah, I think we've got a lot at the same level, but we haven't got that real standout. Well, Skelton's not back then? Uh, he's eligible. He's been tearing it up over in Europe. So he's he, second row, right, usually. Yeah, he'll look 140 kilos. Can he get around the park, depending on what Eddie Jones wants to play? Does he want to play possession rugby? Does he want to play territory rugby? Rob Valentini, that's him. Yeah. Bobby V, yeah. Not yeah, a bad he's all right. So he's your number eight? Yeah, he's eight. Eight, eight, eight and breakaway. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah eight and breakaway. I think you play eight for the Wallabies. 
Okay, I'll I'll quickly go through. Yeah, Skelton's in the squad, mate. Yeah, well, that that's the Elwy squad. I'm pretty sure you'll run your couple of names off being named that squad. It's a pretty big squad. <laughs> oh, you've been to the Brumbies game. Tom Wright is your chance to play fullback for all of his World Cup. Oh, he's not the one that did his knee, is he? No, no, that's Jorgensen. Jorgensen? Jeez, here I am up to date with things, aren't I, Benny? Yeah, you're doing so well. Um, oh, and then he scored two tries last game, didn't he, old mate? Um, what, you there? Yeah, yeah, but, you know, most of the time you're just sitting in line waiting for a beer. I saw a really good picture of a hot dog. <laughs> it was a fantastic hot dog. Um, <laughs> I don't know. What back would you pick? Who are we missing? Oh, I think you got to pick more longer, don't you? That might be the wrong pronunciation, good, but good center, good center would be nice. You got Ikatao, you got Parisi, you got Fluke from the Reds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got Reese Hodge can play a position. James O'Connor might have bowled her back into the squad. We just he's been playing well for the Reds. He's got a team of utility players. Really, looking at this list. I think you got to play as if they're in your first grade squad. You'd be happy, but you'd always be looking over the shoulder for the next best thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh. Don't forget, Sam. You know, Karevi is coming back. He'll be yeah, one. He'll be one overseas. Because I think that's what will happen. I think you got Cooper and Karevi outside. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, Cooper can just dish off to Karevi when under pressure, and Karevi will just run through anything. Yeah. That is good to see that. Yeah, I think that's what we have been missing in all centers. You know, you don't really get the easy wing- wingers if your centers aren't. You know. What about making a connection? Oh, well, quickly, we're going to wrap up in a couple of minutes, but what about the Corey Hotline? You've seen him live. Is he, A, the fastest man in Super Rugby ever, and, B, is he a Wallabies bolter? Yes. Uh, to A or B, or both? Both. Yeah. Both, Benny. Both, yeah. No, I, um, so many raps on that person. Come from the seven space, you know, so he can uh, hit the rucks, can defend well, really good position, can kick, pass, run, got triple threat. Um, I think he'd be a real hot shout to get there. Would you pick him over Marky Mark? Or I'll try and pronounce his name. No one with the Waski. Uh, just come back to me on that one, mate. Oh, we're going to wrap up in 60 seconds. So <laughs> thanks uh, for joining the uh, 20 minute chat about rugby as we get used to this professional uh, studio. It's uh, absolutely smick and the coffee's really good. So, yeah, when would you like to wrap us out for 30 seconds? Oh, Benny. 30 seconds, you're saying. Yeah. What are you going to talk about? I don't know. I thought you went to the Queenbean game on the weekend. Tell us a bit about Queenbean Rugby at 20 seconds. Queenbean Rugby, they have many grades, which is good. Um, fourth grade looks like a pretty easy uh, learning environment. Uh, a lot of drop balls, kind of can squint, so it looks a bit like a reserve grade game. Um, yeah, sort of got better from there. Like the boys didn't get much bigger. They just got quicker. I think that's my main indication from the grades. You know, there's a lot of big boys down there, but, yeah, there's also some very fit ones. Yeah, well, um, you know, former Mid-North Coast player and SAU Marlins player, Cooper Takatita, regularly plays for the um, Vikings, you know, in the first grade there. So he's had a fair few years down there. He had been playing second row but playing six. So, yeah. Um, it's a very good quality comp. Probably not the one we really spoke about. More spoke about Shoot Shield and the Hospital Cup. But yeah, it's great to see, um, you know, a bit of a Rolling more podcast spy keeping an eye on the next upcoming players and many of the Brumbies players come through that pathway. Yeah, the same that most of the um, ARs and that 
uh, wearing a lot of Brumbies gear, so I think there's a lot of support for grassroots rugby coming out. But, you know, it is a city. It's very different to the bush. So I guess that's how it goes. Where the money is, you're going to get the quality player and support. Mm. Oh, well, I can't thank you enough. And, yeah, I think you might even come on to the um, episode we release each week and we're going to record next. So thanks for listening to this one. And, um, yeah, if you want to jump on board with your thoughts or whatever, hit up the podcast and we'll, um, we'll get you on. Cheers, guys.